What's up, everybody? Um, back at it again with the episode of the Irate Irishman podcast. Uh, my name is Owen Kohler, and uh, I have a guest with me today, uh, Mr. Braden Wood. Say what's, what's up? up? What's up, everybody? Braden here. Yeah, this is Braden. Just uh, from Indy. Yep. Uh, lifetime Notre Dame fan. So um, I think we're just gonna get right into it. Uh, so we're gonna go over the the bowl game, Sun Bowl against uh, Oregon State. Uh, we're gonna go over transfers, who's come in, who's who's going out, who's going to the draft, who's graduating. Um, and then we're gonna go over you know the basketball season and how it's going so far and what the future is looking like um, in that. So. Um, just the just the bowl game, you know, and jelly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously, a guy who has only played in the end of games um, during yeah. the regular season through Sam Hartman, and then um, why am I blank? Uh, Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner yeah. before him. Um, so you know, this is a guy that just is growing up in the system, but hasn't really gotten much experience. Yeah. And if he has, it's against second string players but when you look at the sumble and how he played like you got to be at least really impressed with I'm happy with what him. he did yeah um but then that you know that brings up the idea of we're bringing Riley Leonard in CJ Carr's yeah. coming in and even if you're looking in the future Deuce Knight um mm. is coming in so it's like where does Angeli fit into that? Because yeah. CJ Carr, like that's a five star, or I believe he's technically a four, but close enough that you can almost consider him a five. And so it's like, what do you do with him? At, what do you do with Angeli at this point? Because where does he fit into all this? Because obviously Carr feels like the guy for the future. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Carr just came in, you know, big freshman recruit, top from yeah. Michigan. Yeah, yeah. So like borderline four star, five star guy. Um, but it, I mean, the obviously Freeman's not very confident in the quarterback room the way it is right now. Bringing in um, mm-hmm. Riley Leonard, I mean, and Jelly. We've got Kenny Minchie who came in as a freshman this year, pretty solid four-star recruit from Pittsburgh. So um, I mean, we're just gonna have a big quarterback room. He wanted four quarterbacks, four or five, and that's what we have right now. So I mean, we're we're pretty loaded. Um, I think I bet Angeli or Minchie or Maybe both are going to transfer with Deuce Knight coming uh, yeah. in twenty twenty five, like and there's no room for them. And, in there. and I would almost, you know, I think it's not going to be an immediate transfer. If Angeli already had in his mind that he was going to transfer, he would have done it by now. Yeah. Or Minchie, which I, to be honest, I'm kind of surprised Minchie hasn't, um, yeah, because yeah. he is at least from the eye test to me he's like the fourth string quarterback next year. I mean yeah he's he's not going to play in the next 2 years so there's no reason next 3 years next, yeah. he's not going to play ever so you should just get and go I'm somewhere sh- I'm sure play. Freeman will try to phase it as he's starting uh press conferences and whatever when spring ball rolls around that it's a like open competition and whatever yeah, yeah. but I mean it's pretty it's, locked it's in. set that Riley it's going to be Riley gonna Leonard going to start and yeah. CJ Carr is going to come off the bench probably probably so I mean, maybe Angeli as the backup year 1 yeah. but if Angeli doesn't transfer after if he s- somehow stays through this entire next season I don't see any reason as to why he wouldn't transfer after that because I think Notre Dame is again like we talked about trying to prioritize Carr and then mm-hmm. obviously Deuce Knight coming in so yeah. Yeah, well, other than the quarterback room, you know, quarterbacks look quarterback room looking really good. Um wide receiver room got yeah. put together again. Uh, a lot of transfers going out, you know, a lot of young guys that left. Merriweather Flores, uh Tyree Braylon James, who played one yeah. snap or something, I mean, so who cares? All replaceable guys. All I replaceable. Mean, Merriweather's had moments. Um I would say yeah. Flores definitely the biggest oh, loss. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, he had some games this year where he was probably the best receiver on the field. Um, Tyree is He's, a guy that when he came in, that I thought he was going to be a beast. Yeah, everybody talked yeah. about his speed. He and, had a couple good plays too. I right. loved it. I yeah. mean, I went to the USC game, mm-hmm. and that was a game like he had yeah, a touchdown. Same. I th- believe he was the first touchdown scored for Notre Dame that game uh-huh. um he had a big game there um 
had some great kick returns over the few years. I always think about the Wisconsin one. So we've seen the flashes of speed and whatever, but it's never, but the intangibles have just never really come together for him. I like Holden stays as well. Um, yeah, I liked I, him a lot. I think year. he will do big things at Tennessee. I'm a little sad to see him go. Obviously, Mitchell Evans will come back next year, but Stays could have been the number one tight end, and Notre Dame develops tight ends uh, at one of the best rates in the country. Um, you can make a debate on whether they're tight end you or not. Yeah, um, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. Like, I mean, personally, it's got, I'm being I mean, it's unbiased be. here. I would say it's Iowa just based on pure well, I mean, like Kittle. NFL success. Yeah. Um, but there's no argument that Notre Dame sends a lot of tight ends to the NFL. Definitely. Um, so I think him and Flores for me are probably the two biggest losses and Tyree's a disappointment. Um Yeah, I mean defensively we didn't lose much. I mean no. I mean who who we got here? We I mean Cam Hart. I feel like every Cam broadcast, Hart, yeah. every broadcast, they were like, "Yeah, Cam Hart's locking down the left side, and you know ben- Benjamin Morrison's on the other side. He's he's doing pretty good too." So like, I mean, w- I don't know if he was very good. They never threw his way very much. I don't know if he didn't get very much. He didn't get any, uh, yeah. one or two interceptions. Yeah. Couple passes defended. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, the secondary was there, and mm-hmm. Morrison being a freshman All American, and then just yeah. like not getting. I mean, it's. I talked about this with my dad. We talked about Kyle Hamilton, mm. his senior or not his senior year, but his last year at Notre Dame. He wasn't thrown to very often no. because people knew. I mean, even from his freshman year, he had like a pick six, like yeah, one of I his first that. games against New Mexico State. Yeah, uh-huh. um, and so people just stopped throwing his way, yeah. and it, I think it's kind of gotten there with Morrison. Like teams in the NFL teams that are scouting him realize he's good, but. You just have you might you know you might have to go off a of face value from his freshman year because sophomore year he's not thrown to a ton and that's probably not going to change next year. Yeah, much. Um, so we'll just kind of have to see what happens with that. But I mean, yeah, like you said, I mean Cam Hart, probably the mo- I would argue most improved player Definitely. on this Notre Dame team this year now. He was pretty depressing. I feel like a lot last couple of years. Oh yeah, Cam Hart was shown up. Yeah, it was rough he, to see. He, he was, was getting burnt. burnt. Yeah, he's not the fastest guy. Guys no. were running right past him. Yep, that was a bad part. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, offensive line. You know, Blake Fisher, Joe Alt gone. I didn't really think Blake Fisher was gonna head out. Well, and I'm like Zeke Carell transferring. Like, dude, yeah, it's, what? It's like, whatever. why? You know, we have backups. You fucking go wherever you want. I don't yeah. really care. <laughs> he went to NC State, so like, who yeah. cares, bro? Go get drafted in the seventh round. And the fun. one offensive lineman who retired, and then just like yeah. all of a sudden, it's like I'm back. Oh, I'm back. I'm going to Purdue. Yeah. Now. Okay. Cool. Whatever. Cool, man. Have See fun ya. at a, the worst <laughs> university in Indiana. Um. You know, we lost Thomas Harper. I, Thomas Harper made some plays. He did. Last year. Um, I don't think he was talked about enough. Um, no, no. He's not. He's not necessarily an impact guy. I think he gets overshadowed a lot by I mean, Xavier Watts. I know they don't play the same position necessarily, but they're in the se- secondary. And when you talked about the secondary this year, mm. all of the attention, first of all, is on Xavier Watts, and then you yeah. talk about. Um, Cam Hart and Benjamin Morrison as well. So Thomas Harper gets overshadowed. But, I mean, that was a nice pickup. Like He did what he needed to. He wasn't a bad player at all. He just – a lot of attention was lost on him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Xavier Watts had an incredible season. Yeah. And you talked about how nobody throws Cam Hart's way. I think they always threw – Xavier Watts way. Which was so odd Which, to me. I'm so like, odd to me. He got so many interceptions. Well, now I say that I said Cam Hart was the most improved player. Now it's got to be it's Xavier gotta, Watts. It's got to be Xavier Watts. I don't even like the way when, he played. When I was talking about yeah. Cam Hart, Watts didn't even register in my mind now that we're talking about him. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean it's easily him. Yeah. I mean, he was a, he was a wide receiver when he came in <laughs> to Notre Dame. Yeah. And you know what they say about wide receivers is they can't catch. They put him in the secondary. They put and him in the secondary. <laughs> nine interceptions. Yeah. Nine interceptions this season? He's he's amazing. Nagurski award Nagurski winner. Nagurski award winner. He's a dog. And then he's and then for some reason, like, he wasn't really talked about as a high end NFL prospect Nobody, this year, which didn't make sense to me. Shocking. And so he's just like, Okay, I'm coming back. Nobody wanted him to go in the first round. Dude got who led the led the country, the D one country in Interceptions. I'm like, if he won the Nagurski Award this year, he should be top ten pick 
in my mind. And I mean, uh, top 10 or first round. First round at the very at, least. Yeah. So that very confusing to me, but obviously super but happy to have him love back. Love to have him back. Yeah. Howard Cross, another example of that. Uh, Howard he, Cross. He was amazing all season. And he's this big guy in the, in the middle of the defense. Yes. Uh, you know, he's people say he's a little undersized, he's kind of short, but he's a big guy. He makes tackles. He tackles a lot. Uh, he does, he gets pressures on the quarterback. He's really good in the run game. He's the only bright spot in the run game. Uh, run game was so terrible. It Louisville was, against it Louisville. Was. Oh, it was so bad. Clemson, Clemson had some rough moments. The backup running back ran all over Mafa Notre Dame. or whatever yeah. his name was. Yeah, that was rough as well. But I, you know, and Cross was a guy that I thought was being evaluated pretty fairly by mm-hmm. the NFL. Yeah, um, talking about fourth round pick, maybe. Sure, sure. Um, and I, yeah, I think that's fair for him. I'm not saying that yeah, he's I mean, going to be like a fantastic incredible. NFL player. Mm. Obviously, you always find gems in the third sure, and fourth sure. round, so he can be. But um, at least just looking at his college tape, I'm not saying he's a sensational, um, you know, play. Uh, how do I say this? Like a, just a guy that you expect to be good day one in the NFL. Yeah. Um, so, again, fair evaluation, but. You know, he's turning it up because he feels like he can be a guy next year that you're talking about maybe not first round, but a day two pick. And I think that's what ultimately he wants to be. That's Yeah, that's where he's going to go. I mean, if he puts up this production uh, and just maybe just gets a couple more sacks. Yeah. If he's more pressure on the quarterback, that's really what NFL teams are looking for. Yeah. They're looking for edge rushers. They're looking for guys who can get after the quarterback. He's If he can put, add that to his game, like some pass rush moves or something, I mean, he, he's he, Timothy, so. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, there. Linebackers, you know, J.D. Bertrand, kind of a rough loss. I always yeah. wa- love watching him play. Tackle machine. Uh, Maris Leofau, so much energy. Leofau's got a lot of energy. That he's hair. Got, he's, yeah. Flowing around uh, on the one of my One of my favorite players on the team, but, um, you know, he would have games where he was yeah. a, a very like inconsistent, lost, yeah. very inconsistent player, but I'll always appreciate, like you said, the energy um, that he had, and then um, getting Jack Kaiser back, though. I mean, you know, like yeah, Jack Kaiser. I mean, that's just huge. that's just experience at that linebacker position, which is probably the one position on defense right now that I would say is our weakest at the moment. So having a guy that we can rely on there while um, we're developing younger guys, such as Jalen Steed, Jalen Steed's a big huge. one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Jalen Steed hasn't shown me anything that I like very much um, <laughs> so far. I mean, he's played a decent amount, but, I mean, he's obviously hasn't started yet. He's got to show up this next year. Yeah. I mean, we've got Jack Kaiser staying, but we we don't we haven't got any transfers. I don't think we will, but, um, you know, that's just, that's just where we're at right now. Yeah. We've got linebackers that are just projects, and uh, they all have good talent. They were good out of high school, but... Um, it is what it is. Well, I mean, you know, you're not going to land every position in the yep. transfer portal. Obviously, Marcus Freeman's trying to He's do that. He's trying to get everything. <laughs> uh, I mean, but, but there's yeah. just going to be some positions you get down to you're not going to be able to necessarily grab. So you just got to rely on the younger guys. And um, so far, I've been happy with the mix that Marcus Freeman has tried to get because um, he's really been the coach. Um, even like Brian Kelly's last season. The transfer portal wasn't what it is now. It was starting to get there, but ever since Freeman's taken over, that's when the portal has really exploded. And I think Brian Kelly, if he really wanted, obviously we know like there were some offensive positions with getting Jack Cone for yeah. his last oh, season, yeah. um, but there wasn't the widespread just transfer gets that we see now with Marcus Freeman. Yeah, I mean, Sam Hartman. Kelly. Sam Hartman was a huge – when I saw huge, the yes. Sam Hartman news, yes. I thought it was game-changing. I thought, oh, we're in the playoffs. Autom- that's automatic yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, the, I mean, I thought the same way. I thought this, you know, like everybody was kind of underrating us. I was like, this is easily a team with wins over Ohio State. Um, which we're not going to talk about that game, but oh, if you know we yeah, get I went if, over that, if we get the win over Ohio State, um, even a win over Clemson, like Clemson's not an easy place to play, um, and that you know this Notre Dame schedule was difficult this year. Definitely, um, yeah. But next year, looking a lot better, looking yeah. a lot easier yes, for the lot for easier, the which is a good thing for us. And you can't um, really make the argument 
of, you know, they played the week schedule and they don't deserve to be in. We're going to a 12-team playoff yeah. now. We're a week schedule. If you lo- if this Notre Dame team loses one and even maybe two games next year, yeah, this is still a team that you're seriously talking about being in the playoff, Definitely. assuming that the trend continues. Obviously, Freeman's first season, we have the loss to Marshall yeah. and, you know, not playing up to our standards. But I would say this year, the teams that Notre Dame could beat, they sh- or should be, they did beat, they beat, and they did it very convincingly. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that will probably continue. Yeah, big time. Um, you know, it, it, we've got teams like um, Texas A&M on the schedule next week, next year. So, I mean, there's teams that are like, they've been they've had rough years these last couple yeah. of years. And obviously we've got games like, I think, Northern Illinois, Ball State or something. Yeah. Something like, some shitty games like that. That are just going to be like, Record setters, you know, we'll get the the win column up. So oh, can, don't don't count out Ball State because I remember a few <laughs> years ago Notre Dame almost <laughs> lost to Ball yes, State, and I was yes. like, "What's going oh on my here?" God. Brandon Wombish. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, that was yeah. But Ugh. Texas A and M, like I like the Elko hire, but mm. whenever there's a coach turnover, there's and that's the first game of the season. Like that's a huge test playing Notre Dame, and so it'll be um, yeah. It'll be big for guys yeah. for guys like Riley Leonard, RJ Oben, yeah. Duke guys with Mike Elko that came over here yes. instead of going to Which, Duke with an- Elko. Another very interesting thing to me, when Riley Leonard committed to Notre Dame, I don't know if you saw this, but there were a, quite a bit of Duke guys in his comments, and there was, Ooh. like, supporting him. Um, and there was one comment, I'm not sure who it was from, but somebody – had kind of hinted like get revenge on Elko, Ooh. so it's not like the Duke players were like pissed, pissed that, that he Elko left. left for A and M. And so you know, even though Riley Leonard's leaving Duke to go to Notre Dame, they're kind of like, well, we want you to stick it to Elko. Yeah. I mean, I despised Brian Kelly when he left. LSU. Oh yes, I hated I that. Remember exactly where I was at a movie. And the movie was about to start, and I looked mm. at my phone and saw that Brian, Brian Kelly Kelly's was taking the job. LSU. And then listening to the Pissed audio off, clip, bro. listening to the audio clip that whoever recorded and the way he told them just pissed me off. And I, I remember then, being juiced when Tommy Reese was yeah, like coming then, back, and that obviously we know what happened with that. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And then and then and then he he goes to the LSU basketball game and he puts that on this fake southern fake, face fake southern accent that pissed me off so much. Oh my god, what and a dickhead! He, and then he's doing the dumbass video where it does uh, where he's where dancing, he goes around with and the, he does and he does and that the guy, little that recruit strut. that recruit he transferred. He's gone. He's off the LSU team. He's gone. Oh he transferred, bro. He's done. He's done with Brian Kelly. Fuck that oh. guy, bro. Well, should, I mean, should we jump into it since we're on the topic of Shit. Kelly? The yeah. biggest get of the offseason, mm. in my opinion, put all the players aside. The players are great that we've gotten. Awesome, yeah. But Mike Denbrock it's coming huge. back to Notre Dame is absolutely huge. And I'll say, and I'll tell you why. If he's taking Jaden Daniels, transfer quarterback to too. a Heisman. Jaden Daniels and Riley Leonard have very similar play mm. styles with the uh, running and passing. Definitely. Jaden Daniels was a guy that when he went to Arizona State, which is where he started, the first season that he was going to be the full time starter, this was a guy that people were talking about as a first round pick. Yep. He had a lot of potential mm-hmm. and didn't really live up to the expectations at Arizona State. So no, he, he did not. Bet, he bet on himself. He went to LSU and. I mean, even his first season at LSU, he wasn't great. He wasn't amazing. No, he wasn't. Didn't show me a lot. But this year, we're talking about multiple games with five touchdowns. Mm -hmm. There, I believe there was one game at the end of the year. Didn't he have eight touchdowns? Something crazy. It was like it was either six, seven, or eight touchdowns at the end of the year. But it was it was a ridiculous game, and that's Mm -hmm. when people really started to seriously say like, "This is the Heisman front runner" because there was Penix, but. Penix didn't have a great couple end to games, the regular yeah, season. A couple and, games in the end there. And then it was like if Bo Nix wins the Pac-12 title, he might win it. But didn't he, didn't, it. he didn't play great couldn't in the Pac-12 Washington. title game and couldn't beat Washington. So that made Daniels the clear favorite. Mm-hmm. So if he can do that, the guy like Jaden Daniels, we go now to Riley Leonard. It's like the same thing. It's like the same story. Riley Leonard, like he was a solid quarterback at Duke, but he wasn't elite. Just like Jaden Daniels. He was never elite at Arizona right. State. And so – He's had some injuries as well, and so, in a in a sense, for Notre Dame, it is a gamble 
but this fits Notre Dame's system exactly. Mm-hmm. The past few years, the quarterbacks that succeed the most at Notre Dame are the ones who can be mobile just as well as passing. Ian Book, Ian Book is a great example a of that. Um, and Sam Hartman this year, like Sam Hartman when he wasn't ran, when he got out of the pocket though. He was like when that, he got out of the pocket, especially he ran. like we're talking about Duke. That Duke run won them yeah. the game. Mm-hmm. You know, no I fear. I know obviously Estime scored the touchdown that won it, but, but that we don't win the game. the game if Hartman if doesn't get that first, that first down. down because the odds of us kicking a field goal as well, just you know, getting yardage and eventually kicking a field goal, that's pretty high as well. Yeah, but Hartman wasn't fantastic this year because he's not just a super mobile guy but again mm-hmm. like you said when he did run the when ball did, yeah that's when notre dame had a lot of success so i'm super pumped for denbrock his third time at notre dame yeah so he, he started his career at grand valley state you know worked his way up he went to michigan state for a little bit some illinois state grand valley state went to buffalo and then he went to stanford then in 2002 he comes to be the offensive tackle and tight ends coach at Notre Dame. Uh, in 2005, he goes to Washington to be the O-line coach. And then I guess he doesn't do well for three years. And he goes to Indiana State. Yeah, very odd. Very, very weird. Um, and then he comes back to Notre Dame. Tight ends, wide receivers, t- like just the offensive coordinator in honestly. 2014. Rough year 2014. Those yeah. years after the 2012 season were rough. Yes. Yeah, but... Um, you know, and then he went up to Cincinnati, and Cincinnati has been like a big like farm program for Notre Dame. And because who, who was at Cincinnati when Denbrock was there? Marcus, Marcus Freeman. Freeman. And now they're reunited. Reunited at last. I mean, he obviously went to LSU when uh, uh, a couple. Uh, what was that? A couple years ago, two seasons yeah, ago, I yeah. guess, when Jaden Daniels got there. So, you know, it's, it's the same story. Um, I'd love to see what Mike Denbrock coaches up. He's uh. Miles and miles better than Jared Parker. Oh yes, who is now the head coach at Troy, which just just gives you a little insight into see how good of a coach he really was when here's, he's coaching at Troy. Here's my take, Troy. I'm a little disappointed in Troy because Troy is one of those schools that has been like they can do better they, than Jared they, Parker. Troy has had good seasons in football definitely, definitely. over the past few seasons. So at least you know. If there's any Troy fans listening to this, don't don't like find me don't and, come get, at him. and don't, don't come at and him, don't get pissed chill, off chill, at me. Chill. But like all these diehard Troy fans, <laughs> yeah, ride or die for the Troy Trojans. Is it Trojans? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Um, but like when you look at Notre Dame's offense and you look at their stats throughout the year. That would be an indication mm. that okay, whoever their offensive coordinator is is probably good. But you really need to do some deep dives into the games that they played because yeah. you can. It's easy to look and say like their stats are great. Okay, there's Wake Forest, there's Stanford, just, there's just really bad teams that we trounced. Yes, there. But there, there's but teams when we like played Louisville, Louisville, Louisville offense non-existent. Ohio State offense was non-existent. Clemson so was you a have better. to look at the big games mm. that Notre Dame played this year when their offense was not good. And I understand Troy's not going to be playing that same level of team, but if you want a guy who's not at least at this point in time, Jared Parker is not a guy that I would rely on to mm-hmm. help lead me to a big time win. And so, you know, you're taking a gamble on this guy. Definitely. Um and so it's just an odd hire to me for a program that has had success in football the past few years. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it is Notre Dame though. It is Notre Dame. You know, you would think, you know, offensive coordinator at Notre, coordinator at Notre Dame. You know, he's got to be, he's got to be pretty good. He's got to be able to coach guys, but glaringly obvious, he cannot. Um, it's disappointing. And I thought the same thing about Tommy Reese too. When Tommy yeah. Reese was hired I, at he, Alabama, I was and he was a contender, very confused. And he was a cont- apparently he was a contender for the Alabama and head coaching he job. was he was uh, evidently, and I believe I'm not, I'm not sure if this is confirmed or not, but I believe I saw something that he's now a co-offensive coordinator at Georgia. Ooh, I don't know if that's confirmed I didn't or see not. That. I don't think he's at. He's not at Alabama anymore. He's is he? not because Kalen Dent or Deboer. Kalen Deboer is he just hired Kane Womack, which. <laughs> As the defensive coordinator, yeah. which the whole IU Alabama <laughs> transition is absolutely hilarious. If, ever, but, if anybody doesn't know, uh, me and Braden are students at Indiana University, <laughs> who has maybe the worst football program 
in the Big Ten. Um, in the Power Five, maybe. In the Power Five, maybe. And 2019, so. when Penix was there, it was the big <laughs> year that Indiana started to become good. And so just and then, seeing all these IU form. There yeah. are five IU yep. coaches, I believe, currently that from that staff that are now at Alabama. Alabama. So um, that that is very <laughs> yeah. funny to me. But, like, Tommy Reese, like, Tommy Reese and Jared Parker tried to run similar offenses um, I think Tommy Reese for sure did a better job at running the offense than Jared Parker. Um, okay, so we're so looking it, yeah, at it right now. It must confirmed. be a rumor, but there's a rumor that he may get hired. I thought I saw something the other day that he may get hired as a co-offensive coordinator, which co-offensive coordinator to me is kind of a weird um, <laughs> position to have, but I guess if you're going to do it, George is the right place. Um, yeah. Yeah, if if I was Tommy Reese, I would love to go to Georgia. I would love to go to Georgia. I, would, I mean, Tommy Reese will Kirby get hired. Some, Tommy Reese will get hired somewhere, of course. Maybe as a head coach, potentially, perhaps. Um, but if not, he'll be an offensive coordinator somewhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first half of the season, we're looking at Alabama, and we're, I, you know, I'll be honest, I kind of laughed, and I was like, yeah. yeah, this is what you get, and like, <laughs> and picking Tommy Reese as your offensive coordinator, or whatever. But, it up, whatever. But the second half yeah. of the season, Alabama was one of the best teams in the country. So uh, yeah. very interesting, but we'll see what happens with Jared Parker. Yeah. And I've got, I've got love in my heart for Tommy Reese for what he did at Notre Dame. I mean, there was some depressing, yeah. depressing games yeah. when you, when you played at Notre Dame, but you know, I, I, I liked him. You know, he's a good guy. He um, is a good guy. And I'll always be happy for the moment when he, told Notre Dame the players that he was staying after like the I day after because yeah. there are all the rumors that he was going to jump ship with Kelly to LSU and, and then, then jump so. ship the next year so oh, oh yeah but oh. that's fine um transfer uh, well let's get into transfers in for yeah. a little bit um so Notre Dame consistently in these last few years just transfer kickers <laughs> in and out in and out you know it's cool I mean Blake Groupie's killing it at the Saints so. which was very weird to me I was like it's cool. he wasn't amazing at Notre Dame no so. he wasn't and then he's like honestly he had a great rookie season with the Saints I'm happy for him and then Brandon Aubrey he didn't play football <laughs> didn't play football at Notre Dame played soccer a field goal. and was the best kicker in the league this year yeah. Uh, Mitch Jeter uh, is the guy we got this year. Um, he's going to be the kicker automatically. You know, there's nobody else really on the roster. Welcome, we, yeah, welcome, welcome. We, uh, I'm sure Love you were probably you. on that team when Notre Dame beat you guys in the was that the Gator Bowl? <laughs> yeah, correct. So, um, I'm sure that influenced your opinion a little bit. But welcome uh, to the squad. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was twelve for twelve for fourteen on field goals last year. One for three on fifty yards plus. 30. Very odd that he only took three kicks of. Yeah, plus. so maybe they didn't trust him, or maybe like they just went for it every time. I, uh, yeah, I would have to study up on that. But, but I have no idea. Hopefully, hopefully they had full trust in Mitch Jeter, and they just believed in Spencer Radler that yeah. he would get the first down on fourth down. <laughs> Spencer Radler, we could do a whole podcast. <laughs> a whole on podcast on that guy. But <laughs> what an interesting story that is. We'll, get, yeah. we'll maybe get into that later. But um, you know, R.J. Obin's just gonna be the. Javante John Baptiste replacement. He's a dog. Um, John, Riley Leonard, dog. Uh, Chris Mitchell. He was for, came from uh, FIU. Yes. Um, if you haven't seen, I think I went over this in my first. Have you seen his highlight reel on YouTube? I I've seen. I didn't I haven't watched a specific highlight it's reel, incredible. but I've seen just clips, clips of him yeah. from Twitter and whatever. He's he's amazing. Yeah. He made the, some of the catches he makes are. Fucking amazing! Yeah, he, I he, mean, he's incredible. You're not lying when, in your notes, you say lone bright spot on yeah. FIU. FIU is not a good football team. They but were they were losing the, record. They won like four games to have a thousand plus receiving yards at FIU. Yeah. You're, we'll, we will take that. Love to have game. you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely love to have you. Um, Reese, more recently, you know, I've got the um, Marshall transfer, Jaden Harrison. Um, yeah. you know, he, he probably won't play very much, uh, receiver, you know, we got great house. We've got, we've, we've, we've got, other Bo, but I, but yeah. you know, like he specializes in kick returning and I think that's what we got him for. Yeah. Um, Notre Dame struggled with kick returning because we had we one just kick have, return touchdown. We had Jadarian Price. That is, okay. Back. Yes, that is true. But, I, I, I mean, and that was at the game I was at. So yep, uh, that, that's on me for not remembering <laughs> that, but like, but we, we cannot have Matt Salerno. Yeah. 
taking, taking, <laughs> fair, returns. Okay. taking fair catches. I hate seeing, whenever I see Masolino back there, I'm like, oh, fucking God, he's yeah. going to drop it. He's going to muff that That shit. or it's a fair catch. Or if he catch catches it, it's time. a fair catch. Yeah. Um, Bo Collins, too, Bo coming Collins, in. Yeah. Um, from Clemson, you know, like season, yeah. a decent season, but again, like you're at Clemson, like Clemson's going to recruit. Mm-hmm. Dabo doesn't like the transfer portal. He hates it. So he's going to recruit a ton of receivers and you just have guys, you know, like the Clemson's receivers are almost all of them are probably four and five stars. And so, you know, it's kind of a loaded receiver room. So to put up yeah. the stats that Bo Collins did at Clemson. Perfectly Impressive. fine. Yeah, we'd love to. Have, he's a slot receiver guy. Uh, Chris yeah. Smith, all these, all three of these guys are pretty small. Uh, Jane Harrison's short. Uh, Chris Mitchell's not very tall. You know, Bo Collins is pretty short. They're all slot guys. Probably just to replace the Tyree and Flores right. um, production there. But and then obviously um, Faison's coming back, and he's yeah, not and he's, a big guy either. But I'm be- how tall is Great House? Great House. Great House is. I want to say he's. At least six one or six two. He's kind of a tall um, guy. Um, um, let me see. He is six. Yeah, he's six one. Okay, six one. So, so he's not huge. So but. there's not a ton of size on this Notre Dame receiving front, but yeah, Jaden Tom. How, how tall is Jaden Thomas? We gotta look that up. Too. Oh, Jaden Tom. Oh yeah, we haven't even talked about Jaden Thomas and what an impact he made in the Sun Bowl too. Getting yeah. him back um, to, after not him. really, you know, getting a lot of running time this year. He's six, six one, one as well. So. so there, that's a fair point. There's not a lot of height on this Notre Dame receiving front. Um, so that's where obviously the tight ends are probably going to have to come in. Mitchell Evans, um, yeah, is going to be huge. Eli I mean, Raridon's six nine, so that's going to be he is. That's going to be he a huge is. part. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he was really cool to watch on the field. He was injured like first half of the season, which kind of kind of sucks. Yeah, but Holden Stays just took over, so it was fine. But got to have more reliance on the receivers. I don't feel like Notre Dame put enough. Again, you can talk about Jared Parker with that, not putting enough trust in the receivers that he has because a lot of times it seemed like it was Mitchell Evans and Mitchell Evans only. Yeah, just throw the ball to the tight end, and if Rico Flores gets a cool slant route, throw it to him. Jaden Greyhouse, I love Jaden Greyhouse, and I think he can be a really good player. But I thought he was going to be amazing. I feel like – he was only target a lot in the red zone and mm. in scoring situations. We have to make sure that he's being targeted. Not We have to get the receivers involved driving down the field. We can't just throw routes to Mitchell Evans the entire time and then expect yeah. to just get that and do that and then run the ball, get inside the 20, and then that's when you throw the receivers. Receivers have to be active throughout the entire game. Yeah, but the the one thing that Notre Dame can always rely upon is the run game. That yes, offensive linemen. We lose these offensive linemen, but next man up, boom, replaced. Yeah, we got Charles Jagasov, got Emil Wagner. Yeah, some random guys and tackles. The young guys, they'll take over. It'll be from Tosh Baker, I yeah. think. So uh, it's gonna be fine. Running We're, running back and offensive line are mm-hmm. the two positions that Notre Dame doesn't Kyle really Williams. ever. Well, I shouldn't say yeah, exactly. Notre yeah. Dame doesn't. Notre Dame does get some O line transfers. I mean, Joe Alt from yeah. Marshall. I yeah, like that was a huge get. Um, other than that, I don't feel like they go into the transfer portal for O linemen that much. Mm-mm. Alt was kind of a rare case just because he was an All American at Marshall, and what? I that's oh, uh, not. I thought that was um, I thought that was a different guy. Was that a different guy? I think, yeah, I think, I think Joe Alt was like a he was a Notre Dame guy. I think. Wherever it was, Notre Dame did get a O line transfer yeah. from Marshall. I think he was um, he was pretty disappointing though. I think hey, that was a couple years ago. That's all coming up that's to Jaden Harrison. Um, yeah. Um, Irish had all. Nope, that's nope, still nope. Jaden Harrison. Yeah, because Jaden Harrison was an All American as a kick returner. Oh, Kane Madden. Kane Madden. That's his oh. name. That was Kane Madden like a couple years ago. Or My something. apologies, everybody. <laughs> I I have been swearing. <laughs> Like this entire season, that it was Joe Alt. It was yeah. not Joe Alt. It's Kane Madden. I don't even. What, what is he doing now? He's probably working at a McDonald's right now. Is actually. he the guy that transferred to Purdue? And that retired? was. I, th- I don't know. Okay, my bad. Notre Dame does not get O line transfers, and if they do, they're not good. They're not um, good. Yeah. Running backs, though, for fine, sure. We're fine. Notre Dame always just develops their running backs. I mean, you can. From Name the em. entire. Name them. Like Josh Adams. 
Kyron Williams, uh, uh, who was the guy in between, a uh, CJ Procise. Um, oh yeah. Like oh my god, flashbacks to CJ Procise. Like days. you can name all these running backs that have had success at Notre Dame, and they just keep churning them out. Audrey, estimate. I mean, yeah. Now we're talking about estimate. Estimate I mean, is fantastic. We see what Kyron Williams is doing now in the NFL. Yeah, missed like four or five games and was still, still put a up second a team yards. All Pro. Yep. Ridiculous. I mean, we got guys like Logan Diggs too, who went to LSU. Yeah. He, but he just transferred this year. He went to Ole Miss. So he's gonna. Oh, be the, he already committed to. I knew. Committed. I knew he had re-entered the portal. I'm pre- yeah, I'm pretty I, sure he went I, to Ole Miss. I've been talking, and I've been saying that I wouldn't be surprised if he at least tries to go back to Notre Dame with Denbrock being there now. Get and the I, fuck out! And of I was like, maybe he'll <laughs> try to like look at Notre Dame. I don't want him. We've got guys. I don't care that he's not there. I mean, I would have taken him back, but like but at the same time, like we've got guys. We got to develop Jadarian Price and Jabron Payne. Jordan um, Love. Yeah. Was it Jordan Love? No, or, or Jeremiah Love. Jeremiah Love. Shout out Jordan Love. Shout out. Green Bay Packer legend Jordan <laughs> <Yep>. Love. <laughs> uh, uh, defense. So defense, RJ Oban, and then we've got two DBs to replace Cam Hart and DJ Brown. Um, Rod Hurd, big pickup, 85 tackles, two forced fumbles, interception, four passes defended. He is really good. Rod Hurd, let me talk to you right now. <laughs> you are the second Northwestern defensive back to transfer to Notre Dame within the past few years. The other one was Brandon Joseph. Please, 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 please be more impactful than Brandon yes. Joseph was. Brandon Joseph, I'm not even trying to hate on you. He was a big time recruit. But... I like I I, oh. I I have I have no ill will towards Brandon Joseph. He was not bad at Notre Dame. But he wasn't good. He wasn't, he wasn't impactful enough like he was at Northwestern. So yeah. please, 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 Rod Herter. I know you were not the star studded re- like transfer recruit that Brandon Joseph was, but just make an impact and I'll be happy with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just got to replace the guys that we lost. I mean, yeah. we, we, we lost a couple young guys in the transfer portal, too. Yeah. Ra- Ramon Henderson, he, uh, his freshman season, I liked him a lot. Yeah. Like he had he's good size he's he's really lanky like Kyle Hamilton, um, uh, but you know didn't really didn't, f- didn't really figure it out. Um, Ryan Barnes uh, transferred to Nolan Ziegler didn't I mean, play Ziegler like went to Central Michigan so yeah. who cares? Uh, they're just I mean it's um, just, Nana Safomensa TCU, TCU guy. somebody else went to TCU from Braylon Notre- James Braylon James yeah yeah. Whatever, guys, go go to TCU, go to another, go to a shitty program, yeah, have fun I mean, over there, go graduate and I get mean, drafted whatever. in the seventh round. Whatever. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> um, and Jordan Clark, you know, uh, who's his dad again? Some Jordan Clark's dad is know. some is some Hall of Famer, I think. I think he, I think Jordan I Clark's dad, yeah, I think Jordan Clark's dad is like some 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 dog in the NFL, but it's not Ryan Clark, is it? It might be. Is it Ryan Clark? Yeah, it's Ryan Clark. Wow, he's, he's Ryan Clark's son. Oh, sh- oh, I didn't even know that was. Ra- oh my God. Yeah, the uh, the <sighs> Ryan Clark. Uh, Ryan Clark. I have the... some. I have some opinions about Ryan Clark. Yeah, he's, he's got some First opinions of, all, of his own too. Dirty player, kind of. Yeah, you can, he, you can he, very he, well make that argument that yeah. he was a very dirty player in the NFL, and then. Wow, his takes on ESPN sometimes yeah, make me <laughs> angry. Yeah. At the, uh, but hopefully his, his opinions on other. Hopefully will Jordan is Jordan not Love, as Jordan controversial as Ryan Clark. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, defense is going to be great next year. They showed in the bowl game, even with the oh, guys yeah. we lost. I mean, it's domination, yeah. um, and we've got guys coming in too, so we'll be fine. Um, and I get Oregon State was playing some of their backups as well, yeah, but and like they didn't have any coaches. Who cares, bro? Yeah, they they could it's play. Still experience it's, for yeah. Notre. That's a full game for Notre Dame lost guys too. So yeah. not going to talk about that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, let them talk. Let them talk. Let them talk. Let them hate on Notre Dame like they do all the time. Everybody's going to talk shit, but blah and, blah blah. In the words of Coach Prime, we coming. We've <laughs> we're coming, we're coming next year. We're going to make the playoffs and we're going to do really well. So. Hopefully we'll see what happens. Yeah. But um, you know, we'll move on to basketball. I guess more more of a sour topic, but <laughs> I might we'll, cry. But yeah. you know, we'll get through it. Uh, Let's start with the positive. Marcus Burton, Marcus dog. Burton. He's a dog. You know, he he's unstoppable when he tries to get to the rim. Marcus Burton, Love I promise. I it. promise you, if you 
we had this conversation before we started that Burton at some point, obviously he's not going to go pro this year. He is undersized. Um, NBA teams mm. obviously don't like that mostly. Yeah. Um, there's been plenty of guards that have succeeded in college basketball that were smaller, but it is hard. Uh, Yogi Ferrell, yeah. Right. It is hard for guards that are six foot and under to succeed in the NBA. Obviously, there's always exceptions. Um, mm. I don't know why Tyler Ulis is on my mind, but the fact <laughs> that he was like 5'7 and like yeah. SEC player of the year, obviously he didn't really didn't pan really out in the NBA with yeah. the fact that he got there. Incredible. Um, um, but Marcus Burton, if he stays – Four years. First of all, he could be all one of the one of, if not the all-time leading scorer in Notre Dame men's basketball history. Um, but at some point, he is probably going to be a twenty to twenty-five point per game scorer, and uh, that would be when he starts yeah. to get attention, probably from NBA mm-hmm. teams. So that would be the like if next season or the uh, if it, or if he stays for junior year. That's when he starts to have a season like that. Then we potentially talk about him going to the NBA. But at least to me, when he came to Notre Dame, first of all, I didn't expect him to be this good year one. I thought he was really good. I watched him play in high school. He, he, He went to Penn High School, which is in Mishawaka, Indiana. And I'm from South Bend, Indiana. My dad is, is from Penn. And it, yeah. So he knew. So he had I been watched him up play. On him. And Marcus Burton won Mr. Indiana, Gatorade yes. Player of the Year. So he's really good. I think he was, I mean, obviously he was so underrated coming out of high school. Yeah. He's really good. He can compete against ACC teams, which I didn't think was going to happen, but he, he put up 29 in his debut. Yeah. He's really good. So, uh, but like his so supporting cast can't get much done. Figured he would be a great player. Didn't know he was going to be this good year one. We're already talking about, like, I don't know that he will win ACC freshman of the year. I mean, there's guys from, like, North Carolina, like Cadeau at North Carolina. Yeah, Jared McCain at Duke has had a pretty good year. Mm -hmm. Um, It would take me a second to think about everybody, all the other freshmen. But he should be a freshman first team. I would assume he's in contention for that too. Like yeah. he, he's up there. He he's winning ACC uh, Player of the Week a couple times. So yeah. like he's he's a good player. Yeah, for um, sure. But you know, guys like Braden Shrewsbury, you know, coach's son, Jr. Kuznetsny, uh, love Jr. But you know, guy and like even um, even Roper, even Roper. Like these yeah. are guys that I want to shoot the ball. You know, Marcus Burton. He's not a very good three point shooter. He doesn't shoot the three ball very much. He's really good when he's off the dribble. He's driving to the basket. Yeah. But he loves to kick it. He loves to drive and kick. And that's what Shrewsbury's been building the program off of. And if Burton drives and kicks and they can't make an open shot, we're not going to win basketball games. And I and I think, you know, everybody ta- – I think we're all in agreement that nobody really expected Notre Dame to be very good this year. Um, mm. I'm not surprised by their record at all. Definitely not. But yet. I will. But the, they they've given me too much hope. They've shown yeah. too much promise for them the to vir- lose games the like this. Virg- uh, after losing, who did the Citadel? Oh, that was okay. I'm just, I I like mentally blocked that game out of yeah. my mind. If bro. you haven't watched Micah Shrewsbury's press conference it after the Citadel you, game, you, better, you need to watch it's it. It change was, your life. And the next game. They beat Virginia by yeah. 22, and I was like, this team is back. Micah Shrewsbury was in the locker room getting down. And, yeah. <laughs> and and then the game after that, North Carolina State, should have won that game, <laughs> up a lot at half, blew it, we were lost, up, on, okay. lost on a game winner. We were, we were uh, leading in that game for 59 minutes, 59 seconds, and .6 0.4 seconds. They were leading that game for the last 0.6 seconds of the game, and that's the worst part. You know, this this guy, this center that they have, he put on this crafty move on Kevin Ajay, made him jump. <laughs> DJ going, Burns going Jr. Nowhere, and fucking, and he just lays it up and in, and NC State yeah, I mean, we're looking at the stretch. Duke, like, I'm not going to be mad at the Duke performance. I thought it like, was going to be a blowout. I thought they were going to blow Notre right. Dame out. But they, this is the problem that I've had. Like, yeah. at the beginning of the season, I was like, okay, we're going to win against these bad teams, but we're going to struggle in the ACC just like last year. We're going to win, like, two, three games, you know, whatever. It's fine. It's a rebuild year. A lot of young guys. 
but they're winning games like against Virginia, and I just can't watch them lose games. They beat Oklahoma State really early. Yeah. They put up a really good fight against South Carolina. They put up a really good fight against Miami. I just I I, I hate to see them lose games like this against yeah. Boston College and Florida State where they just I, lose yeah. energy. I agree because again, like that Duke game, they played great defense. Um Duke just has a lot of star power on that team and yeah. so they can if so, I mean yeah. Filipowski had a rough game, but the you know, there's other guys the on that team, team that can pick him up. I believe it was Mark Mitchell that game that had like a career yeah. day. Incredible. Yeah. And then they go back. I understand Georgia Tech's not a good team, but that's a road game. Mm-hmm. Big win. Went to overtime. But then that's Florida State was Florida State kind of at least from what I saw, Florida State controlled that game for the yeah. most part. Um, but Boston College last night they had that game one. They had they that game had one. It. They had it right in their hands. The they momentum, let it fall away. The momentum killer. I will say I did not watch much of the game, but I watched the last few minutes of the first half. They were up ten, and Boston College hit a three right at the end of the first half to go down seven. And then Notre Dame's energy just died in the second half. It died, and Boston College <sighs> won and a sizable victory. What was it? It was, they won by nine. So. They won by nine. So, I mean, at the end, Boston College pulled away. I mean, Notre Dame goes on these runs every once in a while in these games. They, they make a couple threes, you know, yeah. whatever. These teams that are just more experienced, they're better, frankly, better yeah. than players than, we, than Notre Dame has. They just, they survived the runs. And they, Virginia they was absolutely their most complete game. Notre oh, Dame's, Notre Dame's defense has surprised me a lot this year because they don't really allow a lot of points. But, yeah. you know, but, Micah Shrewsbury super happy with that hire, and I think this team will get it figured out, not necessarily this year, but in the years to come. But, but at Penn State, like, they shoot a lot of threes. Yeah, yeah. and, okay, okay, I'm gonna, let, me, let me go over this for a second. Yeah. All right, so against Virginia, we dropped 76 Amazing. Yeah, we we right. never drop seventy six. We're a defensive team. That was our second highest score. Of our that was our highest score of the year. That was the highest score. Oh, we oh, okay. We beat Western Michigan by. Uh, we put up eighty six on Western Michigan, but that was our sec. Yeah. That's our heck second highest scoring game of the year against Virginia, who's a good defensive team. And then after that, we don't score above sixty six in regulation. So that's the pre- oh, we're so good on defense. I yeah. don't know how we're so good on defense. Marcus Burton, Tay Davis, they're uh, Kevin and Jai. They're all good on defense, but we just can't put it together on the offensive end. And if we just get get some more shots to fall, like as also IU fans, like I remember the Big Ten tournament game last year when they played Penn State mm. and Shrewsbury was the coach. IU lost that game because Penn State was hitting they three. They could not miss. After th- especially that Funk guy. I think his name was yeah. Andrew Funk. He yeah. hit like seven or eight, maybe nine threes, and that completely killed I. I know IU made an effort at the end of the game to get back into it and couldn't hold on. But no, no. Just the three-point shooting is not there, and that's the problem because – Shrewsbury has designed this team to be a three-point shooting team. And if and they don't hit there. shots, then it's not going to Again, happen. like we talk about that press conference after the uh, Citadel game, and, um, oh, I guess there was a game in between with Marist, but whatever. whatever. Um, the Citadel game, like some reporter had made a comment about Shrewsbury being the shooter, his son being the <laughs> shooter of the team, and Michael was like, no, nope. he's not. No, he's not. But Shrewsbury's even showed flashes. He had 25 against Georgia Tech, hit like five threes. These last few games, he's been shooting very well. Yes. I will say that. He has. So I think he's starting to figure it out. But the all the pieces, it's God. like one piece is coming together at a time, yeah. and they're not all coming together yeah, that's huge, yeah. at the same time. I mean, uh, J.R. Kunesmi's shown flashes. He has. Um, Roper has shown a couple flashes. He's getting boards. He's, he's out there hustling. Kerry Booth has made a couple shots. You know, these guys. Booth had a big game against. I not. I do not remember which team it was against, but there was one game that Kerry, whatever. Uh, he had one game where he had, like, I want to say 19 or close to it or 17. Was that? Yeah, Virginia, he played well. He was yeah, Virginia. Scorer. I mean, that's the re- big, that was rebounder. their biggest win of the year. And that's when he 
played the best. And so if Booth can get consistent production like that, but it's just there's not enough consistency yeah. on this team, even with Burton. Burton has games where he can't shoot. Um, and that's going to happen naturally. With the but young there team. needs to be guys to pick that we can fall back on, like Duke. Filipowski, best player, has a bad game. There's other guys that can pick him up and have big games. If Burton has a bad game, the rest of the team falls flat, and there's nobody else that can pick him up. Yeah, and and there's like a miracle game against Georgia Tech where there is one guy that can make shots in Braden Shrewsbury. Yeah. But nobody else scored in that game. Yeah. I mean, Burton scored a couple, some points, and he dished a lot. He had had seven assists in that game, which is a season high, so... That was that was that was amazing, but you know it it is what it is. It's a young team. We're gonna put it together. Right. I I in my first episode I said we're just gonna survive this. Year. We're gonna ride it out. We're gonna it's fine. We're a bad team, but it's it's okay. Next year we're gonna progress th- these players and we're gonna be really good. Yeah. But when I see them have these good games, I want to see it more, and I'm just not seeing it. And you know I want it to be a good team, obviously, but it's just not happening. I understand when teams are losing games, the energy just naturally kind of dwindles, but it happens too often with Notre Dame. Another team will go on a run, or they'll have one play that's an energizer, and then Notre Dame just falls flat. Tay Davis is so... His energy on the floor... Tay Davis is so... um, What's Mm. the word I'm Mm. looking for? He's Lackadaisical. Lackadaisical, and he's he's so guilty is what I'm looking for. He's so guilty of doing that. And like you with Marcus Burton, I watched Tay Davis play in high school. He has energy. When he played at Warren Central, um, he was... Like when his energy was up, the last time I saw him play was when he was originally committed to Louisville. Before he eventually decommitted, went to Seton Hall. Now he's at Notre Dame. Yeah. When his energy is up, he's unstoppable. He will go on runs by himself. He he'll he's dunking out the gym, mm. making shots. Like he's doing everything. So right now, for me, when he's on this Notre Dame team and I watch him play, where is this energy at for the entire forty minutes? He yeah. has spurts at points. Then he just walks around, lumbers around the court, doesn't want to play. His face, his face is down. Yeah, and it's just and I, okay. that's where Notre Dame struggles. Here, here's what it comes down to, I think, for Notre Dame. Um, I think it's the it's the chemistry of the team. Just it's not there. It's, it's not. not there. And uh, when Marcus Burton played, um, let me see. Let me go back to. I think it was Marist. I'm pretty sure it was Marist because I, I watched that game because I knew they needed to bounce back after the Citadel, and I think. After that, after that game against Marist, um, they interviewed Marcus Burton because he just dropped twenty-one and six. He he led the team in points, rebound, oh, just points and assists. Um, and they interviewed him, and they were asking like, "So how's how's they're like how's the team coming along? You know, you got I know you guys are all fresh, but you know how how do you have you guys put it together?" And he was like, um, he said something along the lines of. You know, it was rough at the beginning of the season. Nobody really knows each other. Yeah. But for this game, you know, we all came together and we got a team win. But I haven't seen that chemistry. I think I think it's been a struggle throughout the, the whole season. It's it's very inconsistent team energy, and I do understand what Burton is saying because he's right. Like this yeah. is a team that didn't know each other. Um, you have three freshmen that came in and played. You have a few transfers that are coming into play. Um. And just within Notre Dame's roster last year itself, the only people you're retaining are Konej. Kon- I can never pronounce his name. Konejski. Konezny. Konezny. Another South Bend product. Yeah, Konezny and Matt Zona. Like, <laughs> just and a silly Matt, guy. <laughs> Matt Zona is a silly guy. Matt Zona is not a the veteran. Goose. Like, I think Notre Dame is missing some veteran leadership on this Definitely. team right now, and Matt Zona isn't that. Yeah, I think Roper is trying to be that guy mm-hmm. when I watch. Definitely. When I watch Notre Dame play and even, like, the social media team will put out videos, like, after wins and stuff, Roper seems to be a high-energy guy. Mm-hmm. So I think he's trying to be the guy, but we can't have one. That's the problem. Like, and this honestly, is a completely different topic, but the Indiana basketball team, who's oh, that yeah. guy that's going to energize, going to yeah. give them positive energy for 40 minutes or would just whenever they're on the court roper wants to be that guy but there needs to but, be other guys that fall off of it and or not fall off but build off of it definitely and you know roper honestly 
He's just not good enough to be a leader like that. No, he's no. He's not good enough to be the leader of the team. Not a bad player, per when se, they need but a bucket, he's not a star. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. When they, when need, they a need a bucket, bucket, they give the ball to Marcus Burton, a freshman who's played, whatever, 18 games in D1 so far. Roper's played much more games. Kevin Jai's played much more games. I mean... These guys need to pick up the slack for Marcus Burton, and they're not doing it. I think Jai tries to have energy sometimes, yeah, but 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 <laughs> he's rough. He's a rough player he's to like watch. Standing in the paint, and he's just he looks like he's in La La Land, and he's not quite sure what he's <laughs> oh, doing. Oh, butterfly! Yeah, I I don't know if it's hand, but like yeah. he he's had issues in the post. Like some terrible the turnovers. Post. Where you, okay. he had some great games at Penn State towards the end of last season yeah. as a freshman, where. Yeah, that was the guy that I was like, okay, now that Shrewsbury's here, I hope Notre Dame goes out and gets him. And he just hasn't been great so far. I mean, he he averaged 14.3 minutes last year in 37 games, and he put up 3.4 points that season per game and less than a turnover a game. Now, with almost double the minutes in 26.6 minutes, he's averaging 4.4 points, just one point better. He's shooting 34% from the uh, field as a center. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that he is. can't finish in the paint when he's 6'10". Are you kidding? Yeah. I guess Boston College, <laughs> they have nobody over 6'8". And he can just literally stand there, hold the, bov- hold the ball above his head, and drop the ball in the basket, and he doesn't want to do it. Notre Dame finally... And this is what is so frustrating because Notre Dame finally has a, like a true... Finally, what oh they're supposed God. to be, a true post player. Because Notre Dame, when Mike Bray was there, they didn't recruit very tall players. Nate Lashevsky was tall, <laughs> but was, Nate Lashevsky was not the weakest, a center. He was the weakest dude I've ever seen. He gets backed down every time. And so they would try to play him in the post. It doesn't work because you've made him to be a three-point shooter. Yeah. Like their our Bonzi Colson was the oh, guy yeah. that you would put on the inside, but he was only like six six. Mm-hmm. But he was big, he was strong. Big guy. Love him. That those Notre Dame teams so were the best. They need a player like Zach August, who yeah. when they would put Just him a in big, the post, big, big guy, big guy that would play like a true post player and could dominate at the yeah. post level because he was big. He played in the post. He wasn't an outside shooter. Colson again, like strong but not tall, but could play in the post. August was the true ideal post guy, and he was really good at it. That's what. Jai, I want Jai to be, but he's not there right now, and you're not seeing any flashes that he can get there right now. Yeah. It just leaves you questioning what is next for him. Yeah. I mean, whenever he tries to back someone down in the paint, whoop, he's ripped. Yep. Ball goes off into the <laughs> fucking space, and then the other team picks it up and goes gets a transition bucket. I, I saw that happen about five times against Miami. Yeah. So Notre Dame's got a six ten guy coming in next year. I don't uh what's his well because they have three guys. It's either Garrett Sundra. Again, I could be completely botching the pronunciation of these guys' names, but Garrett Sundra and Cole Serda, I believe it's Sundra, that is six ten, and is coming in next year. Um, but I don't know if he's designed to be a three point shooter. Yeah, or if he's a. I mean, he's he's six ten two fifteen, so he's like kind of a skinny guy. Like yeah, six ten. He should be pushing two fifty. Notre Dame. I don't know if it's like the strength and conditioning within the basketball program, but they just don't have strong guys. A lot of no. them are skinny. Like I was hoping that would change with Shrewsbury, but I haven't seen that yet. Like Tay Davis came in as he is now. Like he was muscly at Seton Hall before he got to Notre Dame. Yeah. So I want these guys like Marcus. Bur- if Marcus Burton gets stronger driving to the hoop, like he's unstoppable. If Again, he- I bring up Indiana. Malik Renew came into college and was not. Uh, he was not Didn't have a D one body. He did not have a D one body, and now he does. Where is that progression with Notre Dame? Not existent. Yeah, I, it feels like guys will come into Notre Dame already strong, but then they don't move from there much and yep. you know that that could even be a reason why Jai's not having success is because he's not getting the necessary strength work that he is to go down low be sh- not just strong backing down an opposing player but being strong with the basketball and just not turning it over mm-hmm. um so i think i if if that's not a big point of emphasis right now for shoes bears program it needs to be it needs to be for sure in the future um especially with a young team like yeah. this that needs to get better. 
and fast. You have, I mean, a young team has to be able to pound the rock inside and get points in the paint. You can't just rely on the perimeter for 40 mm-hmm. minutes and expect that to win you a lot of games. Yeah. You're going to have to play back to the basket and score points from there, and they haven't been able to do that so far. Yeah, well, it is what it is. We knew that we saw this coming yeah. for the basketball season, but what is it? Eight months till football? Eight months till football. Something like that. You'll just wait. To, just like at IU, when you wait for the basketball season with Notre Dame, you just wait for the football season. So, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Notre Dame. We'll survive fo- in Notre Dame football. We coming. We coming for that. We coming for the national championship. We coming for everything they said we couldn't have. Riley Leonard is going to take us to glorious places. My glorious king, Riley Leonard. Glorious king, Riley Leonard. All right, guys. Uh, We're gonna we're gonna wrap it up, but I'll catch you guys in the next one. See y'all.